0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: What's up, Fils Mafia? Fernando Ximundo here. That's your leading the charge. And today I have the pleasure of of having Hansel alongside me talk some terrell bernard especially because we gotta talk our boy right and obviously bills and dolphins preview a great game ahead of us can't wait hansen uh hansen thank you so much for taking your time being with us man i really appreciate you being here and i i i'm sure we're gonna have a blast with this leading the charge today welcome
2: yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, anytime I get to talk Bills is awesome. Um, so at noon for me on a Friday, perfect time to talk about the Buffalo Bills.
1: <laughs> awesome. Always a good time to talk about the Buffalo Bills. And also, I think we even had to wait a lot since Sunday to finally be able to talk about our boy, Terrell Bernard. I think probably we have all Terrell Bernard uh, fun club reunited in one screen today here, at least a fun put from from before the last game right and and yes yeah, so i i don't want to be unfair with other people from those mafia who had believed in him but from the the from from people who are really act, active on twitter and stuff i really don't remember many people being so high on trail bernard as we've been uh Hansel. and so let's talk a little bit our boy because A really impressive uh, performance, uh, an AFC Player of the Week performance, a performance that the NFL in general hasn't been able to watch since Brian Urlacher, since James Harrison. Crazy kind of company to talk about a linebacker that we can't forget, despite personally talking, despite being so high on Bernard. I also expected a learning curve, uh, some difficulties with being the first year as a starter in the middle linebacker backer spot. That's not a a position that he has played a lot, uh, even during his college days, different schemes for Baylor. So were you expecting Terrell Bernard to exceed or to succeed so so early in the season, Hansu?
2: No, I mean... (laughs) Absolutely not. And, and that's coming from somebody like you, like yourself that's defended him kind of constantly on Twitter. But at the same time, I expected him to have to build up to, to learning the system fully, working and meshing with his guys. It's, it's the hardest position, in my opinion, on the Bills' defense is, one, he's calling the plays. He's got the green dot in his helmet. And then, two, he's got so much of the field to cover because he's the guy in the middle. And luckily for me, I was at the game. I was at the Commander's-Bills game mm-hmm. in Washington. Um You could literally see him. He's flying around. He's making plays to have the game he had. Like it's not going talked about enough. I know he got AFC Player of the Week, but it's still kind of hush hush. Like people don't even know his name still around the league. But Bills fans are starting to really realize who this player is.
1: Yeah, man, it was awesome, and I was really happy watching it happen in real time. You know, I, I believe you—you you personally being there live in uh, at the stadium—it was really awesome and. And but not just this game, this obviously with the stats and the way he played, that's the first game that people are really being like, okay, this guy can be the answer there. Uh, but also, I saw, uh, man, it's so weird with him because, first of all, I've never seen anybody being written off so so before even having a shot, you know,
2: yeah,
1: and people were like, okay. What's Brendan Bean doing because he's drafting, uh, stockpilling uh, outside linebackers, uh, Matt Milano backups and special teamers and, and no Mike linebacker via free agency, no Mike linebacker at the at draft. And what are, what's this guy doing? And look, I'm not the biggest. Uh, I like Brendan Bean. I, li- I think he's a great GM, but I'm not the biggest homer, you know, like Brendan Bean can do no wrong or, or McDermott mm-hmm. can do no wrong. I like both of them. I like their, their job so far. Their work, their, they've done as Bills, uh, general manager, head coach combo. But I'm not sitting out there and saying everything they do is correct, right? I, I have my own opinion. I was mad when they traded Teller. It wasn't a thing that I was mad after Teller became a no pro. No, I was like, really? You are trading a, a second-year player who's, who has started for you already, showed some promise, and... and to keep Spencer long, like, I, I I wasn't really happy with that. So I sometimes call out Brandon Bean moves or McDermott and, and sometimes also shout out to them for the awesome job. So I couldn't think, I couldn't believe, like, a guy like Brandon Bean, a smart guy, would be picking linebackers in the third round behind a position where you just resign your best player in this defense nowadays, Matt Pilano. And you are simply stockpiling backups for this guy and not with those guys not being even uh, considered to be a, a Mike Linebacker option, you know. So I was like, man, they, they got to have a plan. They got to have a plan for Bernard, maybe as, as the substitute for Edmunds if he leaves. And with Dorian, the same thing. I was like, OK, he doubled down. If, if Bernard fails, he has another one and uh, behind Bernard to, to to be an option too. So I always had this line of thinking, and when being uh, talked in that Chris Long podcast about how Edmonds could be exposed sometimes facing some twitchier guys and some fastest and quicker guys coming from the slot maybe, and because of even his size, I was like, okay, it makes sense with the way mm-hmm. Bernard, um, the prototype of Bernard and even Dorian and Milano, so it made a lot of sense. But people were simply, no, I don't want to hear it. And no, Edmunds was huge. <laughs> and we need a huge middle linebacker. And they ignored, man. And, and Bernard never had a shot. And they were written him off. I was like, what's going on? Why Because Mafia can't accept that that's the plan, man? And the guy can't succeed there. I, I thought it was crazy. Even Dodson, even Spectre, man, they wanted to be, to like everybody over Bernard, you know. It was crazy <laughs> for me, man. What do you think it's happening? How did you see the situation with him?
2: Yeah, I mean, you can just go back to the draft and people read, wrote him off the second he was drafted, right? We had Kyle Brandt come out there with the chicken wing in his pocket, take a bite of it, and shout Terrell Bernard, yep. and everyone was like, "The heck are the Bills doing? What is Brandon being doing?" And I'll be honest, like myself included, I saw the pick originally, and I was like, "This is this kind of weird. Like he seems like a he's just going to be a backup player." But there was a plan. There was very clearly a plan with him. My minimum expectation was he was going to be a great special teams player and the primary backup at both positions, both Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds' position. Lo and behold, you know, he's evolved over the past year. He's gotten he's gotten better learning the system, and now he's actually got the shot to go play. But it is really weird that of all the players that Bill's fans just decided to detest, like people literally just don't didn't like him. That's the yeah. weird part to me. Like, you can't just take a player that's done no wrong. Like, he, did, he didn't do anything wrong and just be like, this guy stinks. That that, that was another weird narrative. People said, like, oh, Terrell Bernard's bad. What, I don't understand where that came from either. Like, you haven't seen him play. How can you tell me he's bad? And even last year when they played the Jets, um, that, that first game where they lost, and Bernard started that game, he played decently well for his first ever NFL game, like his first real game. But people wanted to blame somebody for that loss. And instead yeah. of blaming, let's say, Josh Allen for throwing multiple interceptions, not having a great game, the blame kind of shifted to Terrell Bernard, which was a really weird way to kind of, again, push him down, fast forward, blah, 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 through all the stuff that's happened. And then we get to this this uh, this preseason, and you're completely right. People wanted Baylor Spector. People wanted Tyrell Dodson. Um, people wanted A.J. Klein. I, myself, I wanted a vet presence there just in case, but Mm -hmm. Terrell Bernard was the plan all along. It just so happened he was hurt all of preseason and now he's paying dividends. He's not going to be as good every single week as he was last week, but he's, he's going to get better. Like he's going to slowly improve. He's going to get more consistent. And to your point about the Tremaine Edmonds situation, he might be the piece that the bills actually needed there where they're going to deal with a quick wide receiver like Tyreek Hill this week, mm-hmm. just because Terrell Bernard's instincts are just so incredible. He's got that quick twitch sideways, like lateral movement that Tremaine Edmonds didn't have. And Tremaine Edmonds was a great linebacker, but I think the Bills kind of n- might've needed something different. And Bernard might be that guy.
1: Yeah, man. I'm also a big Tremaine Edmonds guy. And and mm-hmm. I I used to like him when people were saying bad things about him because also, Tremaine Adams is another interesting case. Like, <laughs> after he left, man, he became look quickly in his prime, you know. He could do no wrong, and every pass completed in the middle of the field, oh, it wouldn't be completed with Tremaine Adams out there because of his <laughs> Pterodetzla <laughs> wings, and he would, you know. But it's not true, man. And and, and we saw, just like uh, it happened with Bernard versus the Jets in, in last season, we saw with Tremaine Adams and Matthew Lebo playing the the occasional games here and there when our, our defense couldn't stop the run to save their lives, and, and it happened. It always happens with those defense uh, once or twice a year. Okay, just like the the games where Josh Allen goes full crazy mode and throw a lot of picks, it happens with yeah. our defense too. So uh, it's so totally it was totally unfair, and they wanted to write him off so quick and, and even without getting a shot that I couldn't understand. And when Dorian was drafted this year, then a lot of people again, oh, here is our linebacker. Yeah. and Okay, where he was drafted? Third round pick, two picks later than Bernard in a yeah. class that was considered weaker than this the, the, the previous year class at linebacker. So I was like, okay, the guy from the third round now, two picks later and in a weaker draft class can be the answer right away, but the guy who sits behind Edmonds for a year was in every meeting, was in the linebacker room all the time, was learning from Milano and Edmunds all the time. Mm-hmm. This guy has no shot at being the guy. But the guy who just got drafted and got to learn the game and got to adapt to the NFL, that's ready to contribute and be the middle linebacker. So it made no sense, man. And I don't know why people wanted so bad to, to write Bernard off, but it's really nice to see the guy succeeding early. And obviously... He will have his growing pains still. He will have bad yeah. games like everybody has. But I feel even more confident now than I was before that that's a guy who can really hold down that spot. And I surely believe that's a guy who will have a scene on his chest from next year on. Yes. On the point that maybe Hyde or Poyer leave. And, you know, those, those vacancies happen at the captaincy for the defense. I have no doubts his play and his style will, will translate to carry that chest, that C on the chest going forward.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, you you talk about the way, or say Sean McDermott, the way he speaks about Terrell Bernard, he constantly talks about leadership, which is a big deal for Sean McDermott, and it's a big conversation to have for a player that's in just his second season playing with a lot of veteran players. Like, to say Terrell Bernard has leaders, high-level leadership qualities when he plays on the same side of the, the ball as Micah Hyde and Jordan Boyer and Matt Milan, like all these veterans, that just tells me he's able to lead them. The fact that he has the green dot on his helmet, which honestly I didn't expect, I love that it's happening now, um, just goes to show that he's able to, to do that. So when you talk about the C on his chest, I completely agree with you that probably next year we're going to see that C slapped on his chest, which again, just goes back to all the things like, I think you've probably seen with him over the past year as well, he seems to just be this very well-rounded player that is exactly who Sean McDermott looks for in a football player, as well as essentially a man off the football field from my understanding. And it's just good to see a guy like him succeed, especially after everyone wrote him off. Like People literally just wrote him off the second he was drafted, and, and it'll never kind of... Not baffle me that the Bills fans were just like, "Oh, this guy stinks." While they fall in love with practice squad players that'll never see the light of day, and they're like, "This guy would change the change the team, change the league." It's like, what the heck's going on?
1: <laughs> True, man. And and even about Bernard's behavior, the way he carries himself. Because I don't know from distance. Obviously, I'm not part of the team. I'm not in the locker room to see how he behaves. But it seems like he's he's not a guy who who's very loud. At least. In the sense of, let me give you an example. I remember during this off season, uh, Chris Brown was talking to Steve Tester in one of those Bills official mm-hmm. Bills website podcasts, and they were they were talking about Ah, I, uh, Chris Brown saying I was watching the practice and Tyrell Dodson was sitting on the sideline and he was looking right at me, and I looked at him and I was like, "What's going on?" And Dodson said me uh, told me, "Don't write, don't write me off. Look out for me. I'm coming. Don't write me off." and and I was like, oh, that's a guy who's an alpha. That's a guy who's gonna mm-hmm. co- take the command of this defense, and he's gonna be a great piece. And then they started to say great things about Dotson, not again, nothing against the guy, okay? But man, Bernard showcases his leadership and, and he talks when he gotta talk, like on the field, communicating, position, getting people in position. Uh, you know, like Eric from Cover One uh showed on his on his film study. How he was in a in a third and long, calling Milano a vet, calling Terrence yeah. Ter- Johnson a vet. Oh, let's take some steps behind here. It's a third and long. Let's position ourselves in a good in good situation to make a play in this third down. And so that's the kind of behavior of a true leader gotta have because he came into the league with well-established players ahead of him in Tremaine Edmonds, the defensive leader, the team captain since he came in, right? The transition mm-hmm. from Kyle Williams to to Tremaine Evans was real when when he was a rookie, and then Milano, well established. So he was there, the rookie learning, but that didn't make him less of an alpha, less of a leader that he already was in Baylor. It just showcases how he could shut up, learn, put up the work, and be ready for his opportunity. And when it arrived, he didn't get it because he was things to the media members or because he was trying to be so loud on the practice field that, mm-hmm. that you know, it doesn't even matter. No, he got his shot after everybody due to injury and, and he's showcasing all the field, how kind of a leader he is and how he can celebrate with Josh Allen and and, and how he can yeah. lead this team. So that's what I really love about Bernard so far.
2: Yeah, he, he's not that rah-rah guy. He's not that super loud, you know, b- constantly talking, constantly screaming linebacker. He reminds me a lot of Matt Milano in that way. Milano's quiet. Like you basically never see Matt Milano do interviews. He doesn't really talk that much. But when he goes out on the football field, that like energy exudes from him, right? Like he starts the second he makes a hit, you see him screaming, flexing and all this stuff, but you don't ever see him off the field talking. Bernard seems to be that similar style player, not just like mentally and emotionally, but also physically as well. They both kind of just like look like two little Matt Milano's running around out there mm-hmm. with just high-level instincts, a great knowledge of the game, a good enough athletic base to compete in the NFL. Um, it, it's pretty impressive to watch. And then I, one thing you said I want to kind of go back to, too. Josh Allen hyping up Bernard on the sideline, that to me means just com- uh, so much. It means so much because Josh Allen now has confidence in this guy. And if Josh Allen has confidence in him, I'm going to buy into him even more. Um, I, I really just, you know, can't be impressed all that much more than what I saw from him um, last week. And, and I really think the Bills might have found essentially a diamond in the rough here. Maybe this is what they, the missing piece that this defense has been missing for the past, you know, three years or so. And That's not taking anything away from Tremaine Edmonds. I thought Tremaine Edmonds was great. I was on the Tremaine Edmonds bandwagon, upset when he left, understood why he left. But now it's a different era, and it might just be the Terrell Bernard era.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now, more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate at $29 go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com.
1: Absolutely, man. I want to showcase here. Uh, let me throw on the screen, but I read it obviously for people just listening on the podcast. But because I'm, I'm sure, and so a lot of people are like, "Okay, guys, you can see, we can see it right now." Or Bernard is showcasing it. But from where did we take this all this confidence on Bernard? And I want to showcase on one of the uh, the tweets that I I tweeted uh, mm-hmm. long time ago. We have some things that I put it. I put I tweeted it uh, right after the the draft, if I'm not mistaken, because people were talking a lot about Dorian taking over, and I was like, it makes no sense. And and I put up some, some of these sco- scout notes on Bernard before his draft, right? And, mm-hmm. for example, if you don't like, I erased the name just to make people think, then you don't like smart team leaders who can run. It's that simple. Man, we totally saw it in the last game, and we've been seeing this from Bernard in the last few games. Another scout... Scouts rave about his leadership and character. Never quit the attitude despite, despite adversity. Film junkie who rung up 100-plus tackles in 2019-2021. Tw- uh, Wrapped wrote a response against play action. Uh, on a continuous quest to get to the football. Loose and fluid pursue change of direction. bends and flattens off the corner as a blitzer. Speed to cover men targets to their need. So, a lot of this stuff we can already see in his game so far in his young career as a Bills starter. On-field presence adds energy. He celebrates with teammates when big plays are made, just like you said about Alan hyping hyping him up and him hyping up Alan on the silence. At times he's directing traffic praise nap. We could see it on the tape again. Communicating calls in his front, leads by example. Something that we are talking right now. Uh, as a key cog of this defense, and he's more than willing to play special teams. So a lot of those notes translate, man. And the last one here, overall an energetic linebacker who has box presence, he can cover well, has very good processing skills, and it's quick to diagnose and penetrate against the run. He's good overall lead, not elite in terms of play speed. He's undersized, but he can impact the game against the run in and covered in as a blitzer. He should make excellent special teams player who can easily earn defensive snaps due to good fundamental play and insatiable uh, insatiable work ethic. Man these kind of scouting reports, man, those are the things that really translate well. So a linebacker in the next level, because if he has the athletic ability and, and if he's a film junkie, he's a guy who studies a lot, man, he'll be in good position and we can see him. He's always around the ball, even against the Jets. When people were still on that trend of, Oh, I want to blame everything on Terrell Bernard, you know? And there were a lot of people saying bad things about his game against the Jets, man. I looked at the game, and all I could see was a poised guy, a guy who looked like a veteran in the middle of the defense, communicating, always around the ball. Okay, sometimes he wasn't the first one to, to get the tackle, or sometimes it wasn't behind the line of scrimmage, but he was always around around the ball. The reason Rodgers had to hold that ball when he got injured was because Bernard took away two routes in the middle of the field, so reading well, playing good zone defense. We could see all those traits that I just read to you here uh inter bernard's early career so far those are the things that translate really well and and i i think i already said something like this in one of my previous reading the charts and so but another linebacker that, that i was really hyped on and unfortunately this one i didn't hit was kelvin shepherd back in the day because okay. <laughs> those same things were said about kelvin shepherd you know about leadership film study the big the biggest difference in my opinion is Bernard is a modern guy. He's more like he excels covering and he might be, might be in trouble because of his size. Shepard was the opposite. He was a thumper. So he was, uh, he had problems where we, where we really expected him to have in coverage. So, but the mental part, the leadership, and nowadays Shepard is, is coaching linebackers for the Lions. If I'm not mistaken, I saw in a hard knock. So, I'm really confident Bernard uh, will continue to grow, man. And I was that confident on him because all those traits, I, I I couldn't see it not translating to the NFL field, you know?
2: Yeah. And all those scouting reports, like the one thing that just stuck out to me and and for people listening, like I didn't know those scouting reports were going up. So I didn't previously study or read any of them, but they're consistent. Okay. All of them say similar things and it, to me, that just goes to show how evident all those traits are. And two things stick out to me about Terrell Bernard, especially in the scouting reports and especially everything I've heard about him within the Bills locker room itself. We know he's undersized. Like, that's not debatable. He is a smaller guy, and he looks small. Like, he looks slim, and that's a concern if you're a middle linebacker in the NFL trying to go up against 330-pound guards that are getting to the second level. The way you mitigate that is you constantly study film. You understand film. You, you know more about their offense than their offense knows about their offense. And Matt Milano does the same exact thing. That's why you can see Milano hitting gaps before the play has even really started because he knows Mm -hmm. the play. The same thing's happening with Terrell Bernard. And I feel like having those two people that are – quote unquote, film junkies, like that's how they're both described. People talk about Milano as he's constantly in the film room. I guarantee you Bernard's right there with him and has been there with him for over a year doing it professionally as an NFL player. And now he's doing it this season where it's going to be extremely helpful. You look how he played against the commanders. You look how he played against the Raiders. And even when you go back to that Jets game, you know, again, people want to blame Bernard for a lot of the the Bills' shortcomings like that Brees hall run Bernard kind of hit the wrong um, the gap wrong gap on that. You're going to make a mistake from time Mm. to time, but also the bills just miss tackles. So it's not just on Bernard. It's 11 people on defense. But when you have one guy like Bernard in reality, two like Bernard and and, uh, Bernard and Matt Milano in the center of your defense that know the opponent so well, you're just going to play good football. And that's why, for instance, in this upcoming dolphins game, I'm confident that the best part of the Bills' defense against the Dolphins is going to be those two linebackers, two linebackers that the Dolphins have not faced any style like them yet this season.
1: Absolutely. And uh, when you talk about Milano, that's the thing, man. I think that's the, the main thing that made me fall in love early with Bernard and the scouting reports because I was like, okay, I like I liked Adams, uh, I like him, obviously, but if I could have... Edmonds and Milano, or if I could have two Milanos, what would I pick? <laughs> and probably I would pick two Milanos because Milano yeah. is awesome, right? And I know Milano isn't as big as Edmonds, and obviously there there are some shortcomings that are going to come because of the lack of size. But I really believe the Bills, they, they measure all of the pros and cons, and they can live with some of those shortcomings if they are getting this playmaking that they are getting so far from... Bernard and Milano. That's a good change in a good a good trade in my opinion. So, uh, RJ just told him. I think the Bills figured out they could just use two outside linebackers. Supposed to have a true middle. They're using Bernard and Milano like they they use Poyer and Hyde. They are interchangeable. That's the thing that I always preached, man. Having an inter- interchangeable piece alongside Milano and Bernard really is it. Uh, He's that guy? He's this kind. We could see in the last few games how. Uh, they are showing blitz and then the other one blitzes and, and one of them drops in coverage, how they can use both in similar ways. And that's not exactly the same way as they used Edmonds, where you, like opposing offense, they were kind of aware that, okay, Edmonds is going to be this presence in the middle of the field, trying to to cover some gaps, some passing lanes with his huge wingspan. So, mm-hmm. You, you had a, 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 a preferable way of using both of those players. Now with Milano and Bernard, you don't know who's coming to the blitz, who's covering, who's who's running with the running back, who's covering the tight end. You can do everything with both of them. And, and just like you said, man, the film study part, we could see already Bernard calling out plays and, and attacking yeah. the gaps before the runs were, uh, the plays were made. So it's awesome to watch and, and I can't, wait to watch more of it and even taron johnson taron johnson is kind of a weak yeah. sideline backer in our base yeah. defense right and and when we I, I always thought about Bernard as another Milano but if you look at the way Taron Johnson plays Taron Johnson is a smaller Bernard man. They, That's they are, a really good point. Right they are very aggressive shooting gaps. They the, the way they tackle is similar, very aggressive. Sometimes it's gonna uh, result in some missed tackles because the way they they are so aggressive tackling and, and going for this tackle, it's not like always wrapping up with huge arms like Adams and even Dorian Dorian seems like a mini Edmunds, you know, the mm-hmm. way he tackles with those long arms. But the, those guys are going to make plays, those guys are going to be aggressive, they're going to make uh, your life really difficult if you are an opposing player in in an opposing offense and, and I... I I'm really happy with the way the Bills defense has played so far, and, and I can't replace those three guys for any other player, maybe, because of the way they play in these this McDermott's defense schemes, you know?
2: Yeah, I, the interchangeability is a really important part of, of this whole entire design of the the middle of the Bills defense, too. Um, that point should not go understated, because you have Bernard, you have Milano, it creates confusion for the quarterback pre-snap. The quarterback doesn't know who's doing what, where previously with Edmonds, it was more clear. You understood that if one of them was really going to blitz, it was going to be Milano out like towards the tackle. It was it was more often than not going to be, Edmonds is going to drop back in coverage. That's where he's going to sit. He's going to sit in the middle. He's not really going to move the, to the outside of the field. With Milano, um, Bernard, as well as Teron Johnson, who you brought up, the Bills can just start moving people all over the place and it confuses even the best quarterbacks in the NFL, which to be fair, the Bills really haven't faced a great quarterback yet this season. Um, They're about to face a pretty good one on Sunday, but having the ability to move those players in and out of different positions or or all around the field, it, it just makes the defense holistically better. So in theory, somebody could say to me, and I would tend to agree with this right now, Tremaine Edmonds is a better linebacker than Terrell Bernard at this point in time. I would 100% agree with that. But I think that Terrell Bernard, in this defense, because of that interchangeability, holistically makes the defense better this year than it was last year. And I think that that's more important to me, as having a great defense, than having a great player. totally
1: agree, man. Totally agree. And we can uh, start maybe the transition to the preview for this Bills-Dolphins matchup, because... As you said, we're going to face a pretty good quarterback, a pretty good offense, obviously. And the same way as the Bills haven't, uh, they haven't fa- uh, faced a, a top-notch quarterback yet, or, or Rodgers just for, for a few snaps. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe the Bills, uh, the Dolphins offense has faced anything like this, this group of linebackers, and we can put even Teron Johnson in this second-level group of guys. They haven't seen this kind of group cover in the middle of the field. That's a big part of what Tua and McDaniels and that offense does. So uh, what are you expecting about, uh, first of all, with the, the Dolphins passing game and the way they attack the middle of the field? The responsibility for Bernard, for Milano, for Tyrone, it's going to be a big test for them, right?
2: Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Like I I'm going, I'm never going to disrespect the dolphins because the speed is out of this world. I've never seen anything like this before. And I've been watching the NFL my entire life. I've never seen, seen speed like this on one team and speed at getting rid of the football that he he's essentially, the dolphins have essentially made it impossible to pressure uh, to a tongue by low. Like you can't get to him. He gets rid of the ball too quickly and he almost always does it over the middle why we're talking about Bernard and, and uh, Milano and, and uh, Teron Johnson is because that middle of the field is where those three guys are going to live this week. And and I do not believe that the dolphins have faced anything like that yet this season. So it's going to be a test assuredly for the bills. Like this is not going to be an easy game. I could see the dolphins winning. Like you could, you could make that argument to me. And I'd be like, yep, that makes sense. But I think that those linebackers and, and, and Teron Johnson are going to be the key pieces. Can they, Slow down Tyreek Hill? Can they slow down Jalen Waddle? Can they affect uh, to a pre snap and force him to make mistakes post snap? If they can do that, it doesn't mean they're going to shut out the Dolphins, but if they can just contain them, keep them below 30 points, then you're talking about the Bills having a really good shot to win this game.
1: Yeah, man. And even now with Poyer that's out of the game, Power Poyer was just ruled out by a coach back there. So uh, probably uh, Taylor Rep. being the, the replacement. Uh, but that's another guy who, who, despite having a lot of experience and he's a great tackler, what I think works really well with this matchup, we've got to tackle well against the Dolphins mm-hmm. and minimize those gains, especially yards after, after catching. But, man, it's another guy who's a little bit challenged uh, in the speed department against a lot of speedsters uh, from this Dolphins offense. If you can really trust Bernard, Milano, In Tyrone Johnson to kind of be able to patrol that middle of the field and you don't need to help a lot, help them a lot with the safeties. That improves the Bills' chances on the defensive side of the ball because it's easy to say, okay, take away the middle of the field and Tua can't pass on the sidelines. But that's not really true because, yeah, he lacks the velocity, the big-time arm to throw those darts on the sidelines. But he can throw those deep shots, you know, those 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 deep floaters to his to Tariq Hill to waddle on the <laughs> sidelines. And if you if you keep them on one-on-one on say, the sideline and peg and, and, and cover the middle of the field and use safety help to cover the middle of the field, those guys on the sidelines will be exposed. And, and there is Notre Dame's wide, there is no Benford and even Kyle Ilan who's supposed to be our, our faster cornerback on the on the, the roster, nobody can run with those guys with Tariq Hill Waddle. Nobody in the league can run with those guys. So if you let, if you give them one-on-ones there, they're gonna take those big plays home, right? So if Bernard, if Milano, if Taron Johnson, they can hold their own in the middle of the field mostly by themselves. Obviously, it's not all 100% of the time, but for the majority of the time, I can I can see good things happening with with our cornerbacks having a little safety help over the top and and maybe. Tua holding the ball a little bit longer, what we haven't yeah. seen this year. That's the key. And our defensive line arriving at, at Tua and being able to, to make an impact as they have made against the commanders, for example.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, the hope, the 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 like perfect scenario is that Tua holds the ball. And if he holds the ball for three and a half, four seconds, then Greg Rousseau, then Leonard Floyd, then Ed Oliver, then Daquan Jones are going to get pressure on him. I think that the... Dolphins' offensive line has been really overhyped going into this game. Like people are acting like the Dolphins have a really good offensive line. You know, there's all these advanced metrics that show that they're they're not giving up pressures. Well, they're not giving up pressures because Tua gets rid of the ball in two seconds, so they don't really have to block. They just have to kind of stand in the way of people, and they're doing their job. But the second they get into these one-on-one extended play situations, that's where the bills are going to have a massive advantage in the trenches and should be able to affect to it if they can get him to hold the football. So that goes back to that middle of the field, controlling the middle of the field and then trusting your corners on the outside with safety help to to protect from those deep throws is going to be incredibly important. Again, I don't think we're going to look, we're not going to leave this game and say, Oh my gosh! The Bills' defense just completely stifled the, the Dolphins. But if they can find a ways to affect them, if they can steal a couple possessions, whether that be forcing turnovers, forcing a field goal, forcing a you know a three at a quick three and out, or stopping them on fourth down, stealing those possessions will go a long way in the Bills leaving this game atop the AFC East.
1: Yeah, man, and, and the Bills' defense—they they've been awesome this year, and and a lot that has has been said about. Um, Leslie Frazier leaving and the changes with McDermott, I think we've been able to see a a more aggressive defense even against the run. We can see how they shoot the gaps and and kill runs even before uh, it could um, get to the line of scrimmage. So it was really impressive against the Raiders. Again, great job against the commanders. And I think the least impressive they looked was against Zach Wilson, and they had no game (laughs) plan for that, right? They were like totally prepared for a game against Aaron Rodgers and then boom, two offensive drives and and Zach Wilson is out there. So it's also difficult to deal with the the, change in approach and the the game plan for some guys. But I really believe that's a a, a game that's going to tell a lot to us about this defense, man. I have no questions about this defense being one of the best in the league, as it has been also. It was with Leslie Frazier also in the last couple of years top-ranked unit in one year, top five in the other year, and we saw good performances in regular season. But I always felt like, again, 13 seconds game. I had that game like mm-hmm. a game that Josh Allen won twice in the last two minutes, and the defense gave it away three times in the last two minutes and over time, you know. So there were some games against top-notch competition that I felt, man, this defense is supposed to be a top unit, they are a top unit, but they aren't a top unit against a top offensive, you know? Yeah. And it's difficult nowadays against top offenses in the NFL because of the rules, because the way the game is played, it's really difficult for defenses to lead the team to a championship like they could do in the past. We just saw how the Eagles tried to hold down the Chiefs last Super Bowl, but they couldn't for long, mm-hmm. right? And the 49ers has had uh, great differences recently, and again, another defense that at some point, they can't win a game for that team. So I just felt, I just feel like the game is going that direction right now. And you've gotta have a top offensive unit. But I expect a top unit like the Bills to be able to not shoot down the shoot out the Dolphins. Or just like you said, if they can keep the Dolphins under 30, and if they can create some turnovers, right, some big plays, get off the field on on third downs, man, it's gonna be more than enough to give the Bills' offense who which a lot of people are overlooking and are arguing about, but it's yeah. still a top five unit, you know, and we still have 17 under center, so uh, <laughs> they just gotta play well and create some turnovers, and and I wanna see Tua being confused a little bit, you know, being mm-hmm. holding that ball, I wanna see McDermott really being able to to impact this game with, with the way he came plans for this offense, that's what I'm I'm curious to check in this game, and that's the biggest key, in my opinion, to be able to to keep up with this this high, high power office Miami Dolphins.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, going back to Leslie Fraser, like I, he he's a very good defensive coordinator. Like, I, I don't think there's any debate about that. But at times the defense is just sitting back a little bit too much and letting the game come to them. Sean McDermott is calling a very similar defense, but he's also picking and choosing the spots where he's going at the opposing team. And I think that's one of the key differences that we're seeing this year with Sean McDermott. Again, we're only three games into the season, so it still remains to be seen how this defense will continue to evolve throughout, throughout the year. But with that in mind, like Sean McDermott, I trust more to create a game plan, to create an elite game plan against an elite offense like the Dolphins than i Do trust Leslie Frazier. So this week going to this game, I I have more confidence because I know there's going to be points in this game where Sean McDermott does weird things that no one's going to expect, whether that be something like, oh, we're going to drop eight into coverage. Like, we're only going to rush three. We're going to see if Tua can basically guess where Greg Russo is dropping into coverage. We're going to send Matt Milano on a blitz, and we're going to rotate Teron Johnson into the middle. Like, we're going to do things that are literally meant to confuse Tua – and McDermott has a proven track record of doing this. I think people forget that as well. It's not just like Sean McDermott's never called defensive plays. He called them for Carolina, and he was really, really good at that. And now he's doing the same thing for the Bills. I do think that it's an upgrade over Leslie Frazier. And that's saying something because, again, I think Leslie Frazier is one of the most brilliant defensive minds in the NFL. And if I'm saying it's an, we have an upgrade this year, then what's Sean McDermott? But essentially a defensive mastermind. So – this week is going to be a massive test for his defense because we've seen them literally dominate essentially three opponents. Granted, they still somehow found a way to lose to Zach Wilson, but <laughs> the past two weeks they've just like been a buzzsaw. Like, the commanders weren't doing anything that entire game. Yeah, they mm-hmm. want, might move the ball a little bit, but the Bills were picking and choosing these spots where they're going to make massive plays. I, I just... I think that this is the week where we're going to figure out truly what is Sean McDermott's defense, and we're also going to figure out how really good is this uh, Dolphins offense.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, when you talked about the speed of this, this offense, man, it just reminds me of Madden, you know, when you scroll down 99 speed, and then you have all the guys with 90-something speed, and, man, McDaniels, were, was, he's playing Madden in real life, like, give me all the 95-plus speed guys, and I'm going to create a nice offense and it's working just fine for him and and about Tua man I'm not the biggest Tua fan I I used to have a lot of questions about him and again it's not about scouting the helmet and not the player but just like I used to have my my doubts with USC quarterbacks you know because they always played behind great offensive lines, throwing the best playmakers in college football and, and just handing out to the best running backs in college football. I feel like there is a transition time to, to those quarterbacks to go to the next level and start to realize like, okay, my, my teammates aren't that dominant anymore. And I got to do something by myself right now, you know? And I feel like Alabama quarterbacks have, have been those kind of guys recently. And, and obviously to a, used it to throw to great wide receivers when he was at Bama and had an awesome awesome offensive line, great running backs. He had a tough start. I, I believe he even played before he was supposed to play. That was a Fitzpatrick's team. They didn't need to move on, and they did it. So it was a bad decision. But it seems that McDaniels really found a way to, okay, that's what he can do. That's what he can't do. Let's maximize what he can do. Let's hide a little bit of something that he can't and let's get this guy going. Let's put the right pieces around him. And man, it's impressive the numbers he has put up so far this this season. Uh, How do you see Tua being a a next factor in this matchup?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just go to something Ryan. I heard Ryan Fitzpatrick say a couple of years ago on a, I think it was a podcast, maybe the start of last year or something. So Ryan Fitzpatrick was talking about elite quarterbacks in the NFL. All elite quarterbacks have something that sets them apart from everybody else. You look at Josh Allen and you just talk about arm strength, like freakish arm strength that is the tops of the tops in the world at what he does. Yeah. On top of that, you have the ability to make plays like, off script and move outside the pocket, run with the football. Like Allen has those traits. Then you go look at Tua. Tua doesn't have those. He doesn't have a very strong arm. He's not this physical freak that can truck a truck a defender. But what he is is this incredible anticipatory thrower. He's got an incredible football IQ and he is very accurate. He can put mm. the ball where he wants to put the ball. If it's within 20 yards, he's always going to hit his spot. And that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick said. If two is going to be successful in this NFL, you have to leverage that skill set. And Mike McDaniel, to his credit, came in and is absolutely leveraging it in the most, perfect way this offense was designed for Tua it was designed for the skill players on that team and that's not to take anything away from Tua I think a lot of Dolphins fans hear that to hear like oh this offense was designed for Tua you're just saying he's a game manager that's not what I'm saying I'm saying you've built something perfectly for a player that has elite skill sets at very specific things Tua can be an X factor because of that. He's going to find a way to get Tyreek Hill the ball, even if the Bills quadruple teamed him. Like he's going to be able to put the ball in a spot where nobody else can get it. Um, for that reason, I think like Tua could outduel Josh Allen t- uh, on Sunday. Like that wouldn't surprise me. I-, I expect Josh Allen to play a really good game, but I think a lot of Bills fans need to kind of take away their 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 Tua hate, let's say, and realize like this guy's a good quarterback. Like he is good.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSC. Yeah,
1: man. And, and this offense, uh, Marcel. Marcel is the dad of the Irmão Sapequinhas, okay? Irmão Sapequinhas is like the, the, the saucy little brother, something like that, okay? <laughs> uh, he's afraid of outside zone running plays. Yeah, that's the base of Shanahan uh, yeah. offense and, and obviously McDaniels too. And, man, the Bills used to have some trouble, but this season and this defense, I think it's built to deal with this. With the speed we have in the front seven. Yes, our defensive backfield isn't the the fastest one, but our front seven, man, we have some speed there. And I'm really impressed by the way our our defensive line has played so far, Hansel, because... Without Von Miller, it was a big question mark for me early in the season. I was like, okay, let's see how those guys uh, how did they spend their offseason and how did they improve? Because if I was frustrated at something last year after the Bengals game, it was about how our defensive line couldn't take advantage of those backups, uh, offensive linemen playing for the Bengals, you know? And, And then they come back this year without Von Miller so far and they are killing it. They are playing very well. The entire rotation. Puna Ford is being inactive sometimes because Sato is ready to contribute. Boogie Bashan was the guy who looked the, the, the best, in my opinion, during the, the, the preseason. And he got traded because the other guys were ready too. So yeah. they are doing an awesome job. Can't wait to have one meter back. But I really believe our defensive line can have a great impact in this game. And and they, just like you said, their offensive line... They're, they're playing well, but remember when we had the cold front and we were hugely excited yes. about, oh, we built the cold front and we're going to kill Brady today and let's go. And then Bills and Patriots and Brady getting rid of the ball in under two seconds and Mario and Darius, Kyle, nobody could get to Brady. And it was like, oh, my God, what's going on, man? and yeah. You know? I think we need to be able to cover to, uh, in this game to, to be able to get our guys an opportunity to get to Tua. But I believe they can do a good job against this run game, even though they have, again, two incredible fast running backs running the ball for them, right?
2: Yeah, I I think that's where the defensive line is going to make a difference this game. I don't think it's necessarily against the pass. If they can get to Tua, that's great, but I'm not going to expect that because... It, it has to be proven before I have to see it before I'll believe it. But where I think the defensive line can make a massive difference is just winning up front. If they're constantly winning up front, when the dolphins do run it, they're going to be running right into Ed Oliver's arms. Like if Ed Oliver keeps playing like he is, if Greg Russo keeps playing like he is, Whatever run concepts the Dolphins come up with, it's going to allow the the linebackers, the corners to actually sit on their heels and, and worry about the pass, worry about Tyree Kill, worry about Jalen Waddle, And if they're able to focus on that while the defensive line just keeps winning in the trenches, then the Bills essentially can make the Dolphins be this one-dimensional team. And I think that's really their goal. Like, the Dolphins are going to run the ball. They're a good running football team, too. And they have a lot of auxiliary pieces, like Alec Ingold, great fullback, Durant, Durham, Durham Smythe, great blocking tight end. They use those guys to open up the field, open up by getting to the linebackers, getting to the second level. The Bills are going to attempt to avoid that with a Daquan Jones and an Ed Oliver in the middle. And if they can do that again, then you force Tua to throw it, which is very dangerous. But if you know he's going to throw all game, then that makes it all the, all the much easier to defend the pass.
1: Yeah, man, and against the run, tackle well. And if there is something yes. that we can say maybe rep is better than poyer, maybe it's tackling them. So, uh, that's the only area I think yeah. I am my more confident on rep than poyer, you know. So, uh, we'll see, but but I think tackling against this this run game will be hugely important because the Broncos really suck t- trying to, to tackle <laughs> them. We could see like I was like, what's going on, man? Is there a sniper shooting people in orange in this game? Because there are some pictures of, like, five, six guys on the ground falling. I was like, my goodness, you can't play defense like this, you know? So it's going to be important to tackle well, to minimize those gains. And and I'm looking forward to to watching the game plan for, for this matchup. But, Hansel, no matter what, okay? The Bills defense won't be able to alone beat the Dolphins, you know, and we have the other matchup, the other way around. We have 17, we have a great offense. And how about this Miami Dolphins defense? Because, okay, Fangio was the, the huge addition for this defense and Ramsey. Ramsey is obviously injured so far, he can't play. But I I, I don't know, man. I, I have a total respect for Fangio. I think he's obviously a great mind and maybe a top five, top three defensive coordinator. But so far, I really don't see this defense that improved from what they had. And and what they had used to be not problematic, but they had their moments against the Bills. You know, those cover zero looks, those mind games pre-snap against Josh. I always felt like Flores and and, and his staff, they kind of had their moments against Josh Allen. They had their moments at, at creating good stuff for them, even though Josh... Most uh, often than not, he put up some great numbers against the Dolphins. Fangio and his style of defense. We've seen Josh play well against those defenses in his Broncos days. And I don't know. I'm really confident the Bills can have a great offensive game against the Finns. And score a lot of points in this game.
2: Yeah, I, I mean Fangio's defense heavy zone. They basically only run zone defense, and this is a massive change for the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been one of the heavier man defenses in seasons past, and that's actually where Xavier Howard excels. Like that's where he plays best. You put him one on one with a dude, like he's gonna he's gonna win more often than he's gonna lose. Now they're saying, oh, sit back and zone. That's a change for Xavier Howard. That's a change for how this kind of defense was built ro- roster wise, and it's also going to take time for them to learn Fangio's defense. It's really complex. It's a lot of communication, a lot of learning, and a similar style that Sean McDermott's is. That doesn't get done in one week, doesn't get done over a summer, that usually is probably going to take about a year. So next year is where I think you'll probably see the Dolphins' defense, let's say, elevate and get better. But they need them to be good this year. And I don't really think they're a great defense. They have great playmakers on that team, but they're not a great defense right now. You have Christian Wilkins. You have Xavier Howard. You have Javon Holland. Like, I really like Jerome Baker, their, their middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Bradley Chubb, see, or maybe he'll be a thing one day. Like, there's all these – you know, it's surprising. We go full circle here. I <laughs> talked about Tremaine Edmonds being a great player, but our defense holistically may be being better without him. So mm-hmm. I'd rather have a great defense than a great player. Right now, the, the Dolphins defense is made of great players, but it's not a great defense.
1: Yeah, man. And, and that, that's a great point about, for Bills fans, just what we've, we've seen. Kyrie Elan is struggling to learn in this Bills defense. A guy who played men a lot in college and and maybe if you, you ask your cornerback to man up a guy and, and mirror this guy until the end of the play, maybe Kyrie Elan still is the best cornerback in your in your roster, even better than Trev, maybe, with his the tools he has to work with. But that's not what the Bills play most of the time. Yeah. And and we see Elon struggling and, and or even on getting on the field. The Dolphins' entire defense needs to deal with this change of approach, change of schemes and so it's not, it's not so easy. It's not like so, so a, a quick approach, a quick turnaround and, and magically everybody's communicating really well and and, and yeah. passing guys to other people's zone, you know, it's, it's not the way it happens in real life. So it's not Madden, guy, you can play play zone or man and, and that's it. So it's really interesting, uh, interesting point. And, and yeah, I feel like our office has a a nice advantage in this matchup. I think the Dolphins have some good players on this side of the ball, but especially with the way our offensive line has played, because, again, the same thing I said about the defensive line, man, about the Bills' defensive line, I repeat about our offensive line. The biggest question mark was, how is our offensive line uh, going to play going forward? How is Spencer Brown going to hold up or not? Uh, How about McGovern? First real opportunity as a full-time starter, right? And the rookie Torrance, man, they couldn't have been playing better than they are playing right now. And even with with Spencer Brown, I believe he has still his shortcomings, but they found a way to third down, third along. We've seen those empty backfields with Latavius Murray lining up alongside Spencer Brown and and chipping the defensive end before him. Uh, leaving for a, a, a check-down a, a check option. Uh, so they found some answers for our struggles if, with the offensive line. And even the run game started to be more consistent. We can see the guys, uh, the power guys like Murray, like Harris, being hammers early on. And, and late in the games, James Cook has dominated and he's running over six yards per carry right now. So... It's been awesome, man. I can't remember the... I, I'm pretty sure Josh Allen hasn't had a, a, a balance, balanced offense around him as much as he has right now. The last time the Bills could run the ball that well was with Tarot Taylor under center, probably. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see and, and that makes all the difference in the world because the last few games against the Dolphins and against a lot of the our top competition or our biggest rivals, it's already seemed like josh allen versus that other defense you know because yeah it's it looked like we were wasting plays trying to run the ball and, and negative yards penalties and all the time it was on josh allen's arm and stefan Diggs getting open and that was the game and now it's different it seems like we can finally run the ball we can finally put josh in a good situation and we really don't depend 100 percent on him anymore.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think you're you're completely spot on here with, with what's around John. I think this is the best offense that Josh has had around him in his entire career. Since since the Josh Allen era, there hasn't been a more complete offense than what we have right now. And a lot of that starts up front with the offensive line, which has been an issue for years and years and years. And the Bills have tried to fix it, but it just hasn't worked. So now they bring in Connor McGovern. Now they draft Osiris Torrance. And all of a sudden you're looking at an offensive line that's starting to mesh, where Deion Dawkins is still playing really good football. Mitch Morris is playing really good football. And they're finding ways now to protect Spencer Brown, which is extremely the important you mentioned Latavius Murray chipping they do the same thing with Dawson Knox like just give him a little nudge so that Spencer Brown can get his paws on the player and then Spencer Brown can win his matchup which it stinks that we don't have like a you know all pro right tackle plan for the Bills but they don't need that you're not going to have an all pro at every position so when you have a player with deficiencies you find a way to mitigate those deficiencies, which is what the Bills have done and on top of that, now, right now, the way Josh Allen's been playing since week one, we'll just ignore the fact that that game even existed, he's getting rid of the ball quick. He's doing a very similar thing that two is doing, where it's like take your steps back, identify an open receiver, deliver him the ball, even if it's a five-yard pass. And what that does is it reduces pressure, it beats up the opposing defensive line too, and it wears them down slowly throughout the game, where at the end you can just hand the ball to James Cook and he's running free for you know, 20, 30 yards of pop. I really think that this Bills offense also hasn't reached remotely close to its potential. We haven't seen the whole bag of tricks unleashed. And if there's ever a game for them to unleash Josh Allen, let's say, take, you know, the the collar off just a little bit, loosen it up, let him throw the ball downfield every once in a while. This is the game because if there's one thing, one team Josh Allen beats the snot out of, it's the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt, man. I hope it continues continues this way, brother. I hope it continues
1: this way for a long time, right? <laughs> yeah. Man, to close this one out, man. Um, give me just your your the, the top matchup on offense, the top the top uh, matchup on offense to, to watch, and the top matchup on defense to watch, in your opinion, Bills Dolphins. What the the matchup that you really are looking forward to watching, and you believe can be the key for this game. And obviously
2: yeah, our so, final prevail, this score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, on the defensive side of the ball for the Bills, I, I, I'm going to go back to the start of the show. It's Terrell Bernard yeah. and how he can defend the middle of the field. And that means when Tyreek Hill comes flying through and when Jalen Waddell and when Braxton Berrios, when all these fast, quick little dudes come through, where is Terrell Bernard? Is he affecting the play? Is he confusing Tua? He's my He's my key to this game, as crazy mm-hmm. as it sounds. Terrell Bernard is the key to beating the Dolphins and taking first place in the AFC East. On the other side of the ball, this is going to sound like a weird one, but it's Josh Allen versus Javon Holland. Javon Mm -hmm. Holland's been playing incredible football. He's got 33 tackles this year, which is a wild number for a safety. Holland's going to be tasked when Josh – ultimately escapes the pocket and trying to run for a first down when it's third and 15, Holland's going to have to come up and make a play. Can Josh make Holland look like a fool on the ground and also through the air? If Holland starts biting forward, don't be surprised if Gabe Davis is running deep and Josh Allen throws up a 60 yard bomb to him. So it's Holland versus versus Allen uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Terrell Bernard versus the middle of the field on the defensive side of the ball for a prediction for me, Um going 28, 24 bills. I, I awesome. it could go either way too. You could mm-hmm. flip that score, and I'd be like, yep, yeah, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, the Dolphins could. Um, but I just think it's in Buffalo's house. Buffalo has a little bit more of a chip on its shoulder right now. And with the Dolphins coming off a 70-point game and feeling themselves a little bit, getting maybe a little bit too cocky. I could see the Bills putting them in their their place come Sunday. Awesome.
1: Um uh Henan is asking if Wallace is gonna play. I believe so. He was cleared from yeah. the protocol and miami fan talk uh shout out for for them it's a good it's a good sign okay because uh, le- uh before the raiders game there was a, a raiders fan out there talking a lot about how the raiders would smack the bills and and <laughs> i was really happy with the, that talk okay and but Miami uh, Miami fan talk show has been really respectful so far so shout out to him and those are his main matchups digs on x and hill against uh, your entire difference makes sense I would go Bernard because you, just because you you went there, but obviously, just like we talked <laughs> in the beginning of the show, right? Uh, and yes, I, I'm curious to see how Davis White, how Bainford, how those guys can play against those uh, awesome and, and fast wide receivers. So that's a key matchup in my opinion. And on the on the offensive side, I, I'd go Kincaid against those linebackers, you know, especially against some defense. I think maybe. That, that can be a, a big-time game for for, for Kincaid against this zone defense, finding uh, some some spots in the in the middle of the, that zone defense and, and moving the chains consistently. Uh, he can be a, a huge weapon for Josh Allen there. And my prediction will be: I think the Bills score more than 30 points this weekend. So I'm gonna go 34-28 because I really have total respect for this offensive uh, this this Dolphins offense. And, but just like you said, so, uh, this game can be both ways. It's a, a big-time matchup. It's a def- definitely a game that should have been a, a prime-time game. And obviously, we hate the Dolphins, and they hate us, but it's good to have this rivalry back again. And, and yeah after so many years with the Patriots believing they were more than they really are, so it's good <laughs> to have them back in their right place and to have the... The real afc contenders competing again so looking forward to this game and it's gonna be fun and man i really appreciate you taking your time being with us today leading the charge doors will be always wide open when you want to join feel free to hit me up i'll be hitting you up to, to be in the show more often and i really appreciate you taking your time man
2: yeah, I, I, I love it, man. Like I said, talking football at noon on a Friday is awesome. I thought this conversation went really well and smooth. Um, I'm really happy we got to do our victory lap, too, about Terrell Bernard. So all the people that have hated on him for a year can can listen to this and, and we can we have big smiles that. on our face. <laughs> <laughs> we had to do that. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. Thank you so much, brother. And thank you to all Mafia I and mean, even the Things fans who were present here today. And hit that, smash that like button, subscribe to Buffalo Rumble's channel and I'll be back on Sunday with the post-game show totally in Portuguese then to Brazilian uh, and Latin America Portuguese-speaking countries with the post-show right after the game Bills and Dolphins so see you around thank you so much Bills Mafia and always go Bills
2: go Bills
0: more to-dos less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of